right. We can get these alerts off on our computer. Good morning, everyone. Geez, I feel like this is probably the, the first morning I can get a whole sentence out without coughing, fingers crossed. But good morning, everyone. This is Carol Sue, aka Naughty Boss, feeling better on my way to recovery with two. Good morning, everyone. It's Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. A little delay for me. I'm moving a little sm slow this morning, but hey, it's Triumph Tuesday and um, lots to chat about. So let's chat away. We we uh, are pretty excited. Uh, yesterday, uh, actually last night, I was on Patriot Network News, which is a very, very real news network uh, created by a mom who just felt the need to kind of share her heart on what is going on in our world. She's doing amazing, already 20,000 followers, already in so many different countries. And she is in a town that is adjacent to the district that obviously I've been chatting nonstop about for what seems forever. And we're in the uh, process in the middle of a recall and she really, <coughs> excuse me, wanted to showcase to really get people to understand how does one go about making change within their district. And uh, I've been journaling all of it because I think it's going to be very useful to set up kind of a perimeter and kind of an outline for parents that are dealing with this issue. And, you know, you, you don't normally, for most people, they don't come from a legal background. They just dive in because usually it's passion that drives us, right? And anything we want to do with health, wellness, fitness, change, um, really connecting uh, with your community. And you jump all in and you don't always know what you're jumping into or where you go the different rabbit holes of really finding out things about a district. And this really came to light with many, many states, um, really was highlighted because of the pandemic. So when we always talk about, <laughs> excuse me, about, about the pandemic and that there are blessings, the blessings that also came out of the pandemic is that parents, grandparents, stakeholders, businesses are now more in tune or questioning what is the youth being taught? What are children being indoctrinating in? So I'm actually working on a project that uh, my sister doesn't know yet. We like to spring things on each other because that's how we roll. Um, and I really want to do a uh, kind of like an online vet of how to get started, what to do, what to look for, um, really getting down to the nitty gritties of step-by-step -step instruction because through my own learning experience, I cannot believe the things that I learned, which I love, because let's face it, you should never stop wanting your mind to learn new things, right? New ways of doing things, connections, the how-tos of what to do, what not to do, what you can legally question, what you can't, when is the best time to get legal uh, counsel? And, you know, hopefully this will assist other districts, other states, in, and I'm obviously, you know, every state has different laws so you want to make sure that we are tapping into what legally they can do within their own state because every state does have some different rules but just a generalization of how to and i think it's going to be very helpful helpful to many individuals that kind of, it's overwhelming like, you're like where do i go how do i start this who's going to listen to me you know especially 
You know, in my particular case, I'm a grandparent that only lives there part time now. You know, what what kind of energy and or push could I give? Well, guess what? I do have a lot of power because I'm a stakeholder. I have grandchildren within this district. This was a district that I, you know, my husband and I paid over 30 years of taxes to. We only recently moved to Florida. So yes, I am a stakeholder. I have a vested interest in my grandchildren's education, that they're getting a fair public education, a quality education that aligns with their parents, the community, ourselves. And, you know, I love this community. That's one of the things I chatted about. You know, my husband and I, with his career, relocated often. And the two moves that were paramount in his career were moving to Charlton. We not only moved there twice, uh, we not only moved there once, we moved there twice. And it was based on the school's rating, the community, the churches, obviously logistics, where it was geographically located for, for what he had to do, airports, that kind of thing. But the one main goal was always about the school because we knew we were bringing up our children and we wanted a great school with great values that uh, really covered all the basics of education, but also had a sense of community. So I have a vested interest in this district. This was where both of my children grew up. This is where my daughter met her husband, kind of the boy next door, uh, you know, story. And, you know, how exciting uh, it, it was to know that now our grandchildren were going to actually attend the school that their parents attended and maybe even have some of the same teachers. You know, that's, that is a, uh, such a blessing in so many avenues and so many ways. So you can imagine, uh, as I chatted about last night, my despair, you know, when, when our daughter called and she was starting to question some emails that she was getting, some buzzwords that she was hearing, and it also was around the time that all of a sudden you saw this influx of parents now going to their school boards or school committees and demanding what is going on. Um, what I talk about is, uh, you know, what we talked about last night is indoctrination. You hear a lot of buzz uh, acronyms, uh, which, you know, you know, in different versions. So, uh, for instance, some people, you know, the, the initial argument that this particular district brought to us that we actually triumphed over was they kept telling us there was no critical race theory in the school. That was a flat out lie. What they were disguising it as was cultural responsive theory. And they're very clever. So if you go back to really the root of CRT um, and the creative way that they used different phrases, you go back even further to understand that it's a playbook. And it actually all started with the central banking system, way, way back, Federal Reserve. They didn't want to call it the central banking system because that would apply, you know, ownership um, of who, <laughs> excuse me, of who owned it and whatnot. So they were clever to change the wording to Federal Reserve. Sounds a little bit different, doesn't it? Sounds more official. Sounds more like it's federally owned, which it's not. Uh, to my knowledge. So I got to double check that because that was one of the things I was going back and forth with. But you, you get the gist of what it was that there are philanthropists. I can never say that word. How do you say it? Philanthropists. Philanthropists. Yeah, that's a, that's a uh, tongue tire. I'll have to triumph over that. But anyways, you had you know all these you know kind of coined family names that you'll know. Rockefeller. You have uh, the Gates foundation you have all these different people that have had interjected themselves into a lot of these different things and for one uh sel uh you'll hear a lot about gates 
the Gates Foundation involved with that. You also hear about the Rockefellers involved with that. And it really all boils down to indoctrinating, uh, grooming children for um, uh, a sexual, uh, basically sexualizing them into pedophilia. And people will say, oh, you're like way off the mark. No, we're not way off the mark. Because part of SEL is talking about love and emotion and the ways of showing love and emotion. And they get very, very descriptive, especially as early as five years old, with talking about kissing. Then it goes into touching. Then it talks about masturbating and self-pleasure. A five-year-old is not equipped physically or mentally. Let's not go into all the other ages. But those are areas of where our parent says, oh, hold the phone here. You are not telling this garbage to my kids. Rightfully so. That is a parental right to talk about sex education and know where your child emotionally is. The other piece to social emotional learning, they compare it to psychologists. Now, a psychologist, like we chatted about, has a, they're under an umbrella of client privilege. Of also, they can't show their bias, their, their license. There's a whole gamut of things they can do and cannot. Well, guess what? Those same parameters don't apply to a teacher. So now you have a teacher that is kind of interjecting like a psychologist or a therapist, which they don't have any business doing because they don't even fall under that legal umbrella. And now what frequently happens is their bias comes out. So to give an a quick example of a bias, a, a teacher who is all about Black Lives Matter could actually have, say, a poster in their classroom, not really discuss it per se, uh, but then start to get onto the subject of activism and, you know, uh, start interjecting things about Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter um, in and it of itself <laughs> is a whole other gamut to talk about. Uh, but from my perspective, everything that I've learned, uh, read, researched, podcast, you name it, um, they are not who they set out to be. Actually, there was an article that came out, uh, I believe it was last week, where uh, supposedly $60 million dollars of their bankroll is supposedly now missing. And the actual address of this particular chapter or whatever put down as their address, uh, these reporters, you know, finally some decent investigative reporters went to that location and there was a security guard there. And he says, no, there's no Black Lives Matter here. You know, this is either a private entity. Uh, we, we frequently get people in, inquiring that this address is Black Lives Matter, it is not. Um, so you wonder, okay, so what kind of address did they put down and where are these people? They can't locate them. Uh, you often saw how many Black Lives Matter were living, you know, the life of luxury, uh, more so than the average American. And yet they talk about equity all the time. Uh, they're sure getting some equity, uh, because they're making money off of a prerequisite that they're doing good for the black community. And I would Bet you that if you were to poll many Black Americans, they would disagree with that. <clears throat> so there's a whole gamut of different things that you just end up going into these rabbit holes and you realize not all teachers, but there's a there's a bunch of teachers along with school committee members that are letting their bias make their decision making. It's part of their voting process. And whether they like it or not, and whether teachers like it or not, there are certain professions and or elected positions that do require public scrutiny. And the reason why there's public scrutiny is if we turn a blind eye to everything, what kind of message are we sending to these to these children that, 
you know, the children might come home and start sharing maybe some surveys or some some moments that might feel uncomfortable for them. You know, this isn't the, the districts of 30 years ago where you had full trust when you sent your child off, especially that first day of school. You know, you, you sent them on that school bus. You were excited. You drove behind. At least I did. And I did not only did it with uh, our two children, but I did it with, you know, I flew up specifically <laughs> to watch our first grandson go into school. And you betcha this naughty boss was following the school bus. So these are all rites of passages. And sadly, what young parents are learning, and I shouldn't say young, just young parents, parents as a whole, grandparents as a whole, stake, uh, stakeholders as a whole, is that it's not the trust isn't there because guess what? What's the old fashioned saying? Trust is earned. And this particular district has burned, not just uh, misused the trust, but has burned the trust of its constituents and its district families because they're constantly backpedaling. They uh, are very antagonistic. They get very antagonistic if you question them. It doesn't fall under their purview. They lawyer up. They don't do the will of the district, the, the parents. They don't, even, they don't even really care about the concerns. Now, I'm not gonna blanket say all of them, but I'm gonna tell you it's 90% of them. And 90% of them need to go, whether it goes, whether they go through a recall process and that's successful, or we start another recall process because just because you have one doesn't mean you can't have another, as well as you know when elections come up. Now, a lot of people say the easy way out, wait for an election. That's the easy way out. Sometimes children don't have that time, not when they're being indoctrinated, not when you need the change now. Sometimes you can't wait for the election. <clears throat> Point being that both of these towns, in addition to all this nonsense, both of these towns conspired. There was a true, real conspiracy based on the public records that our legal counsel uh, received that shows that two town clerks in either town conspired to infiltrate our online private group, which is Charlton United, excuse me, Charlton Dudley United, and infiltrate had a uh, staff member in there who talked a good game. You would have thought that this person uh, uh, really believed in our cause and our mission. Uh, but we found out that he was at the that this particular person was actually reporting back to either town clerk. Uh, you also have the board of selectmen's executive assistant also involved. Maybe not as involved, but still involved. She still had knowledge. She still was privy. Yet, ironically, the board of selectmen supposedly did not know that any of this was going on. So you have a town hall where you got the town clerk on one side the town administrator, staff members, and then you have the board of selectmen, who by the way, have publicly stated, you know, that they are for this recall. Uh, the town clerk is the one now holding it up in Charlton. Charlton is still unlawfully ignoring. Um, so where does that lead us? Well, one big fat suit, because we're not only gonna be suing the town of Charlton, we are going to be suing the town of Dudley, because Dudley, even though the recall process is going forward, uh, you're supposed to follow the calendar a certain way, and they're purposely not. And in the way that they do their mathematics of counting a day from when something commences uh, actually gyps us eight days of getting signatures. So the probability of being successful with signatures has now been cut down by eight days. That seems very unfair, uh, unethical, and probably not really legal. Um, our attorney is fighting that out, but the bottom line is they're sticking to their guns. They uh, had been putting up uh, stone walls to derail 
this recall. So even if even if uh, registered voters are unsure of the recall, we're an open book. <coughs> we would love to chat with you. So if you're from Dudley, Massachusetts, uh, please reach out to us. But the point being, both towns should be irate that both towns conspired against its citizens and misled them to believe that there was no avenue for a recall. Not only that, they unlawfully stopped it. They blocked it. These affidavits were first submitted in November. They never even looked at the affidavits. They opened up the envelope and basically returned it. Said, no, can't do it. We're not doing it. You can't, and then they came up with some legal baloney that our attorney actually refuted. So now Dudley is conceding, but the way that they're conceding is, well, we don't agree with it, but we're allowing you to do it, but it's gonna be basically on our terms. This is the point of grassroots efforts. You cannot change your state legislation. You cannot change your state politics. You can't even go, to your, you can't even go nationally to your politics without going through your state. Well, guess what? You can't even get to your state politics unless you're dealing with your local bullshit. And there's a lot of local shenanigans going on between the town of Charlton and the town of Dudley. They should be embarrassed and their citizens should be outraged because if they can do this to parents regarding a very important subject matter regarding public education, what other shenanigans are they up to? That's the question. Well, exactly. It's things that make you go, hmm, like if, if people did and followed what they were supposed to do in the logic manner, meaning <laughs> the logic manner, meaning legally uh, um, what they need to adhere to, <clears throat> there probably wouldn't be as much backlash. But the fact that somebody's hiding something, doing something, um, it just makes you wonder what else is happening behind the scenes that uh, parents and taxpayers um do not know about <laughs> and the fact that they've never been questioned and now all of a sudden parents grandparents stakeholders taxpayers are questioning what is going on is where um you know people are people are waking up so to speak but also on the other flip side of that the other side is also waking up to oh, holy shit, we're, this is serious shit. Like we're, we're in trouble here. So of course they, you know, <laughs> they're backtracking, they're backpedaling. Um, you know, I, you know, kudos to everyone who's in, involved with the uh, Charlton Dudley recall and making, <clears throat> excuse me, making things happen. So I'm letting them. Uh, Triumph Tuesday. Oh, and today is February 1st. New yes, month. first day of the month. Yeah, new month, new goal. And this is a short uh, month. Yes, yes it is. It sure is. Um, so what are you triumphing today? Um, <clears throat> are you from the Charlton Dudley School District? Do you want to contribute somehow and fill us in on, you know, how are you feeling about um, all this that is happening? Um, go to our website, www.2tWOSISTAS.online. Leave us a voice message. Let us know what your thoughts are on, on this subject. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Excuse me. And on that note, my name is Janice, freezing here. AKA Wellness Diva 5.0 with two sisters. And this is Carol Sue, AKA Naughty Boss. 
<clears throat> feeling better yes still coughing a little bit but you know what it's, it's starting to subside uh, getting my energy so I think today might be the first day that I actually could get right back into working out which I'm going to triumph over no matter you know no matter what I do and that's what we want to let you know you can triumph over you know if maybe I've been feeling good you know maybe go out for a walk maybe try to do some stretching exercises maybe some light weights maybe a little bit of cardio the point being don't let your health uh, and wellness uh, kind of subside because you're not feeling well. There's always a little bit of something that you can do and be proud of what, even if it's a little, little thing like making your bed, folding laundry, going up and down the stairs, that takes energy, guys. So uh, be blessed, be uh, healthy, be pro proactive in your health and wellness, regardless of whatever you got to triumph over. Your future self, meaning even hours from now, that's your future self, is going to thank you. With that, we will see you tomorrow. We have a guest tomorrow. Um, yes, we'll be on at 8 a.m. Yes. Um, so we're really excited about that. And um, have a great day, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.